Hey, welcome back to the Street Smart Sports Podcast. Uh, for two times this week, Ross, this is a uh, this is a record breaker for us. We're getting in early. You better watch out. Yeah. You better watch out this We're week. We're pumping these things out like no one's business. Yeah. We are. What once was a once-a-week show is now a thriving... Uh, Twice. Twice a, a week. week show. Yeah. Twicing and thriving. You know? <laughs> Twicing and thriving. Not only is it record breaking because uh, we're doing two podcasts in one week, we also have our very first guest in for the show today. And it is none other than the legendary Ben Patterson. Ben, it is so glad. We, we are so glad to have you on the show today. It's, hey, hey! I'm so thankful to be here. I mean, getting to be with the street smart sports guys. Oof, man! You're saying I'm a legend, but I feel like I'm in I'm in the presence of legends right here, just sitting in between you guys. Legends man. grow together. Legends grow together. I'm just saying that it's nice to finally have another baseball guy here on the show. Oh man! Okay. Um, baseball. Okay. Sorry, Zach. all day, <laughs> all day fired. long baseball. Hey, it's fine. I know my place. I know what my specialties are, and it's okay. Um, now. Ben might be a professional here because it's in his blood. We I found out, you know, a couple of days ago that his his dad dabbled all in this sort of sort of deal right here. So he may be a natural. Yeah, my dad was the PA announcer for the 89ers and then the Red Hawks. So it's kind of in my blood, but I mean, still I'm in the presence of legends here. I'm just getting my feet wet. <laughs> I'm not the professional my dad was, that's for sure. You might be getting your feet wet, but you better not have wet bottoms on this show. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Wet bottoms. Dare he strike again, Antonio Brown. Not only does this man stick his feet in the cryo chamber for too long, but he has done... Some things have come to light within the past 10 minutes that I think we just need to talk about. Ross, what since you, you know, dropped the wet bottoms bomb on us, why don't you kind of explain to us what happened now with Antonio Brown? So, as been as has been in the news, um, we all know that Antonio Brown somehow left his feet hanging over the side of a cryotherapy chamber for too long. I don't know. How does that even happen first of all? I mean, I'm not a pro in cryotherapy, but I'm guessing that there's some kind of like regulations. Wasn't somebody watching him? Does he have a rogue cryo chamber in his basement? These are questions that need to be answered. Questions that need answers. However, today it's somehow gotten more bizarre than frostbitten feet in 2019. So, <laughs> and he's in California. And he's in California. Yeah, California. Napa Valley. It's it's mm. fine. <laughs> So the NFL, we all know that the NFL and football have problems with concussions and they're trying to crack down on that and really make the game safer um, for everybody involved. And they've required that players change their helmets. So the old style of helmets are now illegal and they're not approved by the NFL, by the NFLPA. So they're requiring all these players to switch. And a lot of a lot of the older players wear these old-style helmets. I mean, guys like Tom Brady, guys like Aaron Rodgers, guys like Antonio Brown um, wear this old-style of helmet. And while Antonio, or while uh, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady have both made the switch pretty seamlessly, one Antonio Brown has not. And he is now threatening to retire because he refuses to switch a helmet. Now, I never played football, <laughs> but does a helmet really affect vision that much? I mean, does a new style of helmet really affect? Am I crazy? Because that's what he's complaining about. That's what he's saying, that this new helmet is intruding on his vision, and he can't see the football well enough to catch it. I feel like, if anything, it improves your vision. Like, these new helmets... Like as they come out with different face masks and like mm -hmm. style, I feel like it would improve from the previous. I, like I don't understand. I, I don't understand that because the players have the opportunity to customize their face masks. Like you see all the time, the linemen have different face masks than the receivers. The running backs have different face masks than the yeah. tight ends. I mean, quarterbacks have different face masks than anybody. So Antonio Brown should be able to customize his own face mask and make it to where he likes it. He can also customize the padding um, to where the officials um, for the Oakland Raiders are comfortable with it and it meets the regulations. He can have a visor if he wants or not have a visor. I mean, really, it, it's probably just all about 
I don't know, his hair, the style of haircut he has, it's not fitting right something. But, I mean, it shouldn't affect his vision at all. No. No no way. No way at all. And and to paint, to literally paint over the street, like, I don't know that I would, if I was switching from one team to another, I probably would have thrown that helmet in the garbage because didn't he hate his time in Pittsburgh? I mean, why did he want to keep something? I guess it's just a helmet, but still, like, he... He kept the helmet painted over it. Did he dump just a paint bucket of silver over it? Like, how did that work? I'm imagining this man goes down to his local Walmart and goes in, finds some spray paint that closely resembles uh, the Raider silver and black and just begins shaking these bad boys up, getting them them prepped and ready and went home and... Well, my question is, did he draw the Raider on it or, or, or did he just paint it silver and black? I mean, did he... Were the lines straight? Yeah. Did he have the eye patch on the Raider? I mean, was it on the right eye? Was it flipped? <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of variables in this equation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this whole thing has just been because we watched Ross and I watched Hard Knocks, uh, the season premiere. Because we we had an episode that came out right before uh, or right after we recorded last week, and I don't know if Ross caught this as much as I did, but it seemed like the players had like little to no respect for John Gruden because that rookie safety, uh, Adams, he, he just kept going after John. Oh, Abram? Abram. Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. Abram. Yeah. 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 He was getting onto him because he was hitting guys when they weren't wearing shoulder pads. And, yeah. um, Ab- Abram was just like, what? So I like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Like, not to hit people now. what am I supposed to do? No, you're not allowed to hit people. It's your own team and yeah, it's yeah. training camp and you're not wearing any pads, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. I, and, and so there were several things where he was, I feel like trying to be serious and then they would just laugh it off and be like, ah, nice Jay. Nice, nice, <laughs> nice Jay. And so it's not the John Gruden I expected to see, but I told Ross this after we watched the episode. I was like, I feel like he, the monster is about to come out, and he's about to uh, to lose his mind. And speaking of monsters, if you watched Last Chance U, which is mm. any anything like it, it, it is like Hard Knocks, but it's with college football. Yeah, it's uh, with it's with independent like community college JUCO. Like, yeah, like we're talking junior college college football players who tried to go D1 and the D1 schools said, you're cut, I'm sorry, you're not going to get playing time, you're not going to start, so see ya. And now, and so Last Chance You follows them, and it follows, they started with East Mississippi Community College, and then mm-hmm. they went to Independence Community College in Independence, Kansas, and it is... I mean, you talk about monsters. That head coach is one for the books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That man is wild. I get scared watching the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I would probably cry. I'm not going to lie. I'm just throwing that out there. And it's interesting because, I mean, this guy, uh, Independence is a different JUCO than it was, like, East Mississippi. Um, but it kind of came full circle with Hard Knocks because there's a guy on Hard Knocks that actually came from East Mississippi. And they ended up cutting him on the first episode of Hard Knocks because he wasn't trying hard enough. Whenever he tapped out of practice, and he was, he like, was like, "I'm I, good, I, coach. I can't, I can't my, my go. Achilles, my Achilles." I'm like, "Son, you're okay. You're yeah. gonna be okay." You are trying. Like he to literally get... tapped out of practice. He like went up to a yes. coach and was like, "I can't." He's like, "I can't go." Mm-hmm. They're about to go team or pass pro, and they he was like, "No, nah, I can't go, coach. I'm I'm done." And I was like, "You're literally trying to get in the NFL. You were a free agent. They didn't draft you. You're you're fighting for a roster spot." And he was like. Nah, I'm good. So they cut him quick, and then they like showed this sequence of like 30 seconds of them switching out all of his stuff, packing it up, and then bringing in a yeah. new guy. <laughs> it's like that's the NFL, man. If you didn't want it, someone else is standing in line. So next guy up. But yeah, as it comes to the last chance, you so not this past season, but the season before that, this crazy coach comes into Independence and sort of changes this program or program around and they get really close to winning like the championship. They do really well. And so this na- this year they have the expectation of winning the national championship. And so even the viewers, you're like, yeah, this team is really talented and you think they're going to go very far and win. Uh, however, two games in, it just derails and becomes this dumpster fire of a organization and all the toxicity that you kind of, make excuses for because they're winning kind of go out the door and they turn as like 
okay, this is why we're not doing very well is because this coach is literally mm-hmm. a maniac. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think, Ben, about this whole you know ensemble of a coaching staff? Well, I mean, the moment you bring in a white guy from Compton, yeah, that- <laughs> who, who's, who's, who's every fourth word is the F bomb followed uh, yeah. by. The S word followed by the B word. I mean, and that is not an literally, overstatement. Literally, not every sentence had a cuss word. The moment you bring him in with a whole new coaching staff in a small in small town, western Kansas, Independence, Kansas Community College, where they haven't really had a football program before, things are going to get haywire. Mm-hmm. And then you get a helicopter dad son from Florida State who thinks oh, he's yeah. the, the ish. I mean, it's going to be a train wreck. Now, they saved the first season. Zach was right. They did really well, almost won the championship. So they came in ranked number five in the country this season. And things quickly, like Zach said, turned for the worse. He started cutting players. He started firing assistant coaches who really weren't getting paid that much, weren't really, like, they were living on campus. Started cutting coaches, started cutting players, started, started really dishing out the punishments. And worst comes to worst at the end of the season. Well, I don't think I want to give a spoiler alert. Oh, no, it's been out for long enough. You can give the spoiler alert. But spoiler alert, he gets cut himself along with teachers at the college that were on the show. They get fired. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. The athletic athletic director gets fired. The... um, Someone else gets fired. I think a couple of boosters get let go. I mean, wow. person after person, because of this, it just, the fire in the dumpster eventually spilled over and is consuming the dumpster itself. Yeah. It, is, it turned bad quick. Not on the inside, but the outside dumpster is also, and the, mm-hmm. na- the neighbor dumpster might catch yes. on fire too. Um, yeah, it is, a, it is a sight. And there was something that was shocking that came out I mean, not shocking because of the things that this guy literally says, but there was a, an assistant that was helping them. Um, and there were text messages that came out from the head coach that was texting this assistant in the football program that would like get uh, help with practice drills and help gather like the laundry and stuff like that, where he was like, I'm your new Hitler. Like, I, I'm going to be Hitler for Yikes. you. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think that was. By anyone's standards, that's that's going over the line. Probably three strikes. He's right dabbling there. over the line. Yeah, that's probably the mm. fifth strike. But yeah. Anyway, this, these these programs like the the Last Chance U, I love watching them. I love watching Last Chance U and Hard Knocks. Um, it is like we said last week. It is the Bachelor or the Bachelorette for men. I completely uh, agree, one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that's what Ross said. He explains to his girlfriend, and yep. you know, it makes that perfect is, sense. That it is does. the that is exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is, and I can't wait for next week for for Hard Knocks next week because of I I sincerely hope that there is a camera shot of Antonio well, Brown in the back, like behind the stands, dumping a can of paint <laughs> onto his helmet. And like his like, sons are like, that's Ben's helmet. Like like part of the Steelers logo is like still yeah. kind of showing. Like, <laughs> and they're all like, wait, is that really like? Did he really bring in the Steelers? Hel-? Like, because he didn't do enough, like a good enough job painting it. Yeah, it's like sticking out. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm hoping Hard Knocks realize this co- going into the season, into this season that they need to have a camera on Antonio Brown at all times, at all times, twenty four seven. Dedicate one person. Your job is to stay mm-hmm. on this man, like. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe he's going to literally, like, he said he's going to retire if he can't wear his freaking helmet. Well, first, well, first he did file a grievance with the NFL, so he's going to have a hearing about it. Yeah. But That is insane. But, like, you're right. Like, if he doesn't win that hearing, he's he's probably going to retire. He's like that. We've got Antonio literally, like, threatening to retire because of a helmet issue. And not on top of his feet being just... A bunch of mush and wet, and uh, now we've got Zeke. Zeke Zeke's still in Cabo in the sand. Uh, Melvin Gordon is still without a job. He wants to be traded. No one wants him. Uh, this is just 
This is quite the NFL preseason. I'm loving it. I mean, mm-hmm. I do love it. Oh, this yeah. Is, this is so entertaining. We are slowly mm-hmm. turning it, the, the NFL into the NBA. Like, because the NBA, you hear all these crazy freaking stories, and now the NFL, people are losing their minds. you got some real big personalities. <laughs> you do have some personalities. Real big personalities. You've got your starter quarterbacks, you know, breaking up a can of beer with their teeth and chugging it on, Sh- you know. Shotgunning it. Shotgunning it. That's the proper term. Yeah. 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 I should use correct terms here. Yeah, yeah I should have. Uh, that's, that's my bad. Uh, but anyway, in terms of, some people have been doing really well in preseason. Other people have not been doing well. Uh, one of those people that have been doing well and that personally has been attacked by me is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones went a perfect, uh, was it six for six or seven for seven? I believe six for six. I think it was six for six. I mean, I didn't watch that game. I didn't watch him play against, was it the Jets? It was the Jets. Yeah, I didn't watch yeah. him play against the Jets. Um, but his stats were pretty good. Five for five. Five, five, five and a touchdown, yeah, in one okay. series. Um, I mean, he did well, can't I guess. With that. No. He had good yardage, and, you know, I can't really rip him for that. Uh, but I can rip Pat Shermer for saying that there is literally no quarterback competition in between Eli and, and uh, Daniel Jones. And if you recall, in that game, they went three and out with Eli, who started the game, and they were booing Ross. Yep. They were booing that man. And Pat's like, nah, this is still our guy. Like, we're not. Eli Manning is the best quarterback in the league, in my opinion. (laughs) Eli Manning is the worst quarterback to win a Super Bowl. That is that is uh, that is my opinion. Only facts. Mm -hmm. Someone who did not do well at all was uh, one Dwayne Haskins, who Mm -hmm. I called the Giants out on for not drafting this. Yeah, I did too. Honestly, I was shocked. We were sitting in a Buffalo Wild Wings, and when they drafted Daniel Jones, my jaw hit the floor. Yep. But maybe they were right. Maybe they. I mean, I don't want to say anything too quick, but this man threw two interceptions, two two interceptions, interceptions. eight for fourteen, no touchdowns. You know. He had a lot of yards, but the yeah. two interceptions really just cloud those 117 yeah. yards. Yeah, it kind of washes over the 117. Man, for Baker sure. though, mm. Baker, I know it, Baker man. looked good. Like I'm not an OU fan at all, but Baker, I can get behind Baker being an NFL quarterback. He looked flawless on that 89 yard drive they had where he was going no huddle. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he was dropping dimes. Yeah, he looks ready. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And then we have Kyler Murray, who, you know, he played one series. It was okay. Yeah, it's just, Average, I would say. It's okay. Yeah. That's kind of how I expect him to be this season. It's just okay. Maybe even career. I don't know. I think that's what we said yeah. when we talked about him. We are like, he'll be okay. He'll be all right. He won't He won't come out, like, have a super great season. I think he's too athletic to be bad. But right. I he just, won't have a bad season, I don't think. It'll just be pretty yeah. average. Um, and you know who we didn't hear from? Who? After last night? Vic Vangio, oh, the Denver Lord Broncos head coach, because Drew Locke actually played. Did well he last play night. well? Mm. Seventeen of twenty-eight, one hundred eighty yards, a touchdown, and an interception. Hmm. Hmm. Vic. Vic Vangio. <laughs> and guess what? He got sacked three times because that offensive line is garbage. Terrible. Yeah. And speaking of bad offensive lines, the Redskins offensive line, if you watched that series that um, Keenum played in the opener, he was like under pressure each and every snap that he took. Um, Yeah, that was uh, kind of a – it kind of turned around and bit Vic because he was like, yeah, Missouri's offensive line had him on the run all the time and he wasn't allowed to sit in the pocket and throw. Yeah, well, your offensive line gave up three sacks. Yeah. So, Yeah. I think we need to reevaluate um, our team, Vic, mm. and the priorities. And I think we don't need to start Joe Flacco because that man is on his way out. And you have Drew Locke, <laughs> who has the talent to be a, a starting quarterback in this league, and you're not letting him get the time. So we'll see. We'll see. It'll, it'll ultimately be up to you, but we'll have to, we'll have to find out. So you say that he's on his way out, but... But let me ask you this: Do you guys think that Eli Manning should be on his way out too? Do you think it's time for him? I think I think he needs to go. I, I, think, need to. I think Eli needs I to go. What do you think? I think he does. I mean, I mean, I think the Giants took a chance on Daniel Jones, and they saw something in him, and he kind of proved it last night. He still has a lot to prove. It's just preseason, but Eli is just getting up there. No one can get, can get behind Eli. No one can really root for him. He's getting older. I just don't know if Eli has it anymore. 
I, I don't think he does. I, I really – I saw some plays from last year with – he still had Odell, one of the best receivers in the league, and he could not figure it out. He could not figure that out. Poor Saquon Barkley is going to have the most carries mm. in the entire league, and that man is going to be run into the ground. Poor guy. He has – I mean, he'll be – No chance. Mm-hmm. I think he's a talent to be the best – eventually, like at some point, be the best running back in the league. Um Hopefully he doesn't get hurt this year after the sheer number of carries he's going to have. Um, but, yeah, so – and then we saw something – or I saw something uh, about this rugby running back that on his first NFL snap, like on his first handoff, he took it all the way – like it was like a 60-yard run. And, 65. 65-yard um, yeah. run. Yeah. That is exactly what Ross and I talked about in this running back thing where they're like, I want a max contract. I want to be paid more than anyone else on my team. Well, listen, buddy. The league now is not dependent on having an all-star running back to win a championship. Does it help? Yes. But someone that we just picked up off the street and threw into an NFL preseason game ran for a 65-yard touchdown. And guess what? There are many other guys like that that are just waiting to get an opportunity to play. So, Zeke, while you're sipping margaritas in Cabo and getting your tan on, (laughs) there are guys, a.k.a. Alfred Morris, who are here ready to go and can still lead teams deep into the playoffs. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but last year when the Patriots won the Super Bowl, I don't even remember what that guy's name was. They're running back for the Patriots. Was it James White? I don't even remember. Yep. Mm. James White. Yeah. But, I mean. But who was the MVP? It was Julian Edelman. Mm-hmm. That's just the game. It's not It's not a knock on running backs. Running backs is a very important position. But the way the game is played, we're focusing more on our defensive line, defensive, uh, defensive backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers, skill guys uh, in the passing game. And we look at guys like Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey who are running backs but also can be a threat in the pass game. So it's just a different time, a different time, and uh, you need to get your – you need to be put in your place. And Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones have both said that they do not want to bring out the bank, the Brinks truck, to pay Zeke. I don't think they should. I don't think Mm -hmm. they should do that. No. I think it could be detrimental to the Cowboys. Um, and it could also be detrimental to the locker room. Don't forget that. Like a guy oh, who yeah. doesn't show up for training camp, doesn't put in the work, doesn't show up for preseason games, is at the beach at a resort probably just chilling, not doing anything. That's not, that's not going to flow well or gel well with the rest of the team, the rest of the locker room. They're not going to trust him to carry the ball. They're not going to trust him to put in the work, the extra work. It's, just, it's not going to flow well in the locker room either. No, no, not at all. Um, something, do you have something oh, to say? I was, I, gonna, I was just going to talk about, um, did you hear about the, this Browns guy that scored a touchdown last night? That, <gasps> oh yeah. The, yeah. Yes. He slept outside of the 24 hour gym during Browns tryouts. Yes. Yeah. yeah Damon Sheehy Gillespie. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say his name. I don't name. know how to say his name. But yeah, it returned to punt and I mean, that's. That's the story right there. I love mm-hmm. stories like that. That is a great story. I love when that happens. And he might be taking the place of Antonio Callaway because uh, Callaway just got suspended. For four games for a league substance violation. Like, we haven't heard that one before. <laughs> Yikes. Yep. Yep. A little slap on the wrist. And But uh, Damon might be coming. Might be coming for that spot. A little bit more reliable. But, no, I love stories like that where guys just grind their butt off and, and get into the NFL and they get an opportunity like that. I mean, mm-hmm. I love seeing stuff like that. And not only that, but the team dogpiled them in the end zone afterwards. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean that's just the cherry on the on top of the slice of cake that he got last night scoring that TD. That was so cool. That was so cool to see. Uh, speaking of, you know, glorious moments, <laughs> when we look at the Ocho, and some of the defining moments of this year's competition, I can't help but a just of a competition. get chills when I when I see people not only win the cornhole championship, not only come back from almost a sweep in the dodgeball tournament where USA beat Canada after they were down uh, 14-0, 
but I mean, it, it truly, what Ross and I talked about it last week, but it was a truly magical event. Uh, we saw highlights of the electrician's race. We saw highlights of uh, the slippery steps, which I was not sure what that would look like. Oh, yes, yes. And now, now uh, we're talking, yep. Number one, the U.S. Uh, acrobatic pizza trials. Mm. If you were waiting for that one, that one was blistering competition. I was telling I Ross just, before this. Yeah. What is the baseline? Like to grade these, these, these acrobatics. Good lord! Because what they're doing is they're tossing pizza dough, mm-hmm. and oh, and they're boxing. Is that did, did like they're boxing, they boxing up the pizza? No. Like how quickly or jeez? Oh, I, I mean, I mean, these guys were doing flips and yeah. somersaults, and he's tossing it ten oh. feet high, and he's oh. doing a handstand. I mean, these these acrobatic pizza trials. I mean, not only one, make me hungry, but two, <laughs> where do where do you learn this skill? Where do you practice this skill? Like, are you just in the kitchen and your wife comes home from dinner and she asks you what you're doing and you're flipping pizza dough <laughs> around your head? I mean... Whipping it up. That man touched Definitely. that pizza dough with his feet. I don't know that I want to. Yeah, yeah, how sanitary is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, are they grading? Like, okay, can I, like... Am I able to eat this pizza after? I'm not going to lie. It's really impressive here. But if I walk into my friendly neighborhood pizza hut and I see a man (laughs) touching my pizza crust like this, I'm reporting him. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is a safety hazard. Uh, What is that? We're looking at it. The lawnmower racing and then the school bus thing. Lawnmower racing in the snow. Ooh, Oh, that looks like fun, actually. That looks like something you should have at your local small town track on a Friday night entertainment right there. Yeah. We were talking about this because I'm looking at the crowd right now, Ben. We were looking at, you know, the crowds that come out to these things. Um, Cornhole championship. Oh, yes. Cornhole championship. There is no crowd there. Is there a crowd at the Cornhole championship? I don't see anyone. We were talking about this last week on the pod. There's a little bit. We were talking about this last week on the pod, and just, you know, the only people that come to these events are family, right? Yeah. Like, there can't be actual, there's like, not fans. Actual yeah, it's got to be. I agree with that, yeah. But we were talking about, like, how is this marketed? Like, who is the marketing director of the Cornhole Championships? And, like, are they a, like, competent human being? Like, can they function on a day-to-day basis? Or are they, like some crazy like i want to know what that man just sipped in his red cup there <laughs> yeah there's there's got to be alcohol involved there's also I, I also would like to look at the ticket sales for the cornhole championship just how much money are they making and also these guys have it looks like sponsored yeah. jerseys <laughs> so my other question is how do you get someone to sponsor your cornhole team like do you go to them and say hey i'm gonna go man. be in the cornhole championship would you like to sponsor me and give me money? And, and then you money. as the business, do you say yes? Do you say no? Like, how do you, if you say no, what's your argument for saying no? And if you say yes, what's your reasoning behind saying, yeah. I'm These guys are automatic. <laughs> Holy They've got it down cow. to a science. Yeah, like Absolute what, science. How do you approach a business and go, okay, I'm going to ask you something crazy right now. I need a sponsorship. And they're going to be like, okay. Yeah. What what am I sponsoring? And these guys had to look that owner in the eyes and say, mm-hmm. my professional cornhole team. <laughs> like, at what point do you question, okay, is this a smart business move for me, mm-hmm. A? B, how many people are going to see this sponsorship? Is it just going to be you and your drinking buddies? And C, like, how did this even become a thing? That would be my third question. Because just... Oh. For sure. But I also look at the sponsorships on the banners and I think to myself, those are all companies that produce products that I would see at a family reunion. I was literally or like the exact a cookout. same thing. I was like, thinking the exact I, like, same thing. Like I'm seeing Johnsonville and I heard you guys talking about brats on the on the pod a couple yep. times ago. Oh yeah. There's there's Johnsonville. I see several alcoholic companies yeah. so there's got to be alcohol involved and like you said you saw that guy taking a sip out he had of that red cup. cup i mean he's going I mean, back right to there. it there there's a they even have it looks like carriers for them right next to the cornhole board so if they get thirsty they just go right there and so the gatorade <laughs> bottle it's the red solo cup wow 
I mean, these are world class athletes. This truly. is like it, it makes me think of uh, you know, yeah. go back with me to your childhood, you know, days where you know. Your mom or dad just threw you outside and said, go play for an hour, okay? (laughs) And then you and your sibling, if you had siblings, just or if a friend, just came up with your own random game. Like, you just decided, we're going to play Army, and we're going to pretend like the entire backyard is a battlefield. And this also reminds me of, like, lemonade stands. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the business proposition closely resembles a child approaching their mother and saying... Mom, I want to do a lemonade stand today. And they're like, is it a little bit inconvenient for me? Yeah, probably. Is there a lot of money to do? No. But it will be a fun experience to watch and see. Of course. Of course. Of course. So, yes. Yes, Becky. Yes, Jonathan. You can have a lemonade stand. Well, also, my other thing, too, is are the people who compete in these ESPN 8 to Ocho professional sports are they married like like <laughs> like when you start dating yeah. someone do they say okay so for a living i'm a professional cornhole player or i'm a professional lawnmower racer like like what how do you how do you I'm approach that answer <laughs> honestly <laughs> or or i'm looking at this other sport and it's the sign flipping championships like 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 you progress from standing out on the side of the road in front of little caesars with that pizza sign to now you're in the sign flipping <laughs> championships national recognition yes. like so and it looks like it has a bigger crowd than the cornhole championship right now yeah the days of making fun of sign flippers are over people this is a real career (laughs) (laughs) and it was televised nationally (laughs) nationally and the people sat and watched oh man i'm really trying to find like is there prize money in this how much money (laughs) are these people making (laughs) and can you imagine getting on tinder and seeing in a bio oh, like no. athlete, <laughs> oh. and you're like, oh, I'm gonna swipe right on that. That's person. an automatic <laughs> swipe. And you end up going out on a date with them, and you're like, so I saw athlete in your bio. What are you? Do you play basketball? Do you play football? Do you play baseball? And they have the audacity to go, I'm a professional sign flipper, <laughs> or I'm a professional lawnmower rider. Like, excuse me. I picture it going like this, and this is awful to say, but as I played sports, all of you played sports, you know, and so mm-hmm. um, I feel like you can tell by looking at someone True. if they are an athlete, <laughs> and, and that, if, <laughs> if you get to that point, and you're sitting in your, in your red robin waiting, and this man rolls up, and you remember the word athlete underneath his name, and you go... Oh God, no! Uh, like, like what sport? And does all of he these, play? all of these ocho like <laughs> competitions start rolling through your mind, and you're like, "What on God's green earth is he gonna say he is?" And then, I'm an acrobatic God, pizza thrower, pizza yeah. dough thrower. You hope to God it's an electrician's race because at least they make money. <laughs> yeah, more than okay. So the sign flipping competition, if you win. The top prize. <laughs> Did you find it? Yes. Oh, no. Is a blistering $5,000. Are you kidding? $5,000. No. That's it? That's it. That's all you get. They were they were nationally televised for an hour and, and they, they get, get $5,000. I, oh, I wonder what that negotiation went like. Where they were like, dude, we're going to put you on ESPN. Like, you're going to get rat national you know, recognition. We're going to give you two months wages. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, deal. Yeah. (laughs) Done. (laughs) Uh, It's like the person that in deal or no deal that takes the very first deal they offered, like the banker gives. They're like, you know what? That's it. That's what I was looking for. Oh, man. Negotiated that any further? (laughs) Jeez, man. But you got to hand it to them. At least, I mean, they try hard. They really look like they practice it daily. No, they do. They do. They are masters at their craft. <laughs> There's no doubt they're masters at their sign flipping. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I can't. I mean, I we have video gamers that are winning millions of dollars. That is true. The now. Fortnite winner, I think it was like 16 years old, won $3 million, mm. which is absolutely ridiculous for a, thir- for a 16-year-old. Yeah. To be in possession of three million dollars, 
that's just like that 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 blows my mind and now like I mean, I was joking before in saying that, like, these Ocho competitions are, you know, an actual career, a career path. But you can argue that if a kid's good enough at video games, he could he could make a living. He could make a living because if they even made that top 100 to go to New York, they made $50,000. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if you work your butt off for, in, for a year and go to that competition and you just stink it up and you're like, yeah. I'll just try again next year. Yep. You just made yourself fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's true. Please tell me. Oh yes, we're watching slippery slippery stairs, and they get up like three steps away, and they just plummet, plummet down to the surface. My question is: There like an official? Wait a minute. What slip- did I just see? Oh, it's the cherry, there the uh, cherry pit spitting contest. Oh. Kevin Bulldog Barats. <laughs> what is that? Who knows, man? What in the world? Every day we strive farther and farther from God. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My favorite, the uh, volleyball ping pong, where the two people yeah. Play on a ping pong table, but it's with the volleyball on their head, so they gotta head it. Hetty Potter. <laughs> these names. One is Hetty Potter. One is Rolly the Butcher. Oh my goodness. Oh yes. This is what the, I was really intrigued by. The uh, juggling dodgeball, where you have a team protect someone who is juggling from dodgeballs being thrown at the juggler from the other team. <laughs> And this is in a live televised sport on ESPN 8 the Ocho. Not to mention the uh, juggling pins were glowing in the dark. Yeah. So he could see it better. This really gives me a hope to be on ESPN one day. <laughs> I mean, if this man can lay on his back like a cockroach, flip pizza dough up in the air, then by golly, I can find something I can get on ESPN for. Oh, and then there's the stone skipping championship, which, I mean, if you had a, had a pretty good childhood, you yeah, skip stones, but... Little did we know we could. That doesn't look like a dollars. regulation stone. Oh no, I think that's were... a. I think that's a. Not, I don't think that's a regulation stone. I don't think those they understand the struggle of looking for that perfect stone, oh, no. only to find absolutely nothing. That should be mm-hmm. part of the game: is them having to like look and find a, a, a good enough stone to throw. Because for in sure. and of itself, that's hard enough. Um, speaking of stone throwing, when we think of quarterbacks in college football, um, we see Kelly Bryant. You know, there's talk of him wanting to. I don't. I don't. Does, does he want the ring? Is that the whole thing about him? And the, is it just a question? Kelly Bryant. Literally. Okay, so he came out today and said that. Uh, let me find the exact quote so I don't completely butcher this. Former Clemson quarterback on Dabo saying he won't get a championship ring. This is Kelly Bryant speaking. A ring is a ring. I'm in Missouri. He doesn't care about the ring. Okay, I don't, so people are just I, making it a big deal. Dom, the man literally does not exactly, care. Exactly, the man doesn't care. And honestly, I don't really know why he should. I mean, I don't think he should get a ring, considering he only I don't played, either. what, oh, yeah. four games? Yeah, it wasn't much. Even though his last game that he played for him was against A&M, and they probably, Clemson probably would have lost that game. They were headed that way until he came yeah. in. But, you know what? Kelly Bryant has a lot bigger aspirations than a national championship ring. That man wants to go pro and mm-hmm. and continue on so because he definitely because he definitely doesn't care about na- national championship because missouri has ncaa sanctions yeah, on him, so they can't even go to the postseason so i mean like you said ross his, his his aspirations are playing the best he can this season and then getting the best nfl contract he can when that time comes because i mean he can't even go to the postseason with the tigers this season Rest in peace. It's fine. We could have won an SEC championship, but it's fine. I'm not bitter. NCAA. <laughs> Bunch of old old men. Soldier souls. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Ross has hard feelings about the uh, the NCAA. I mean, I share them in some oh, yeah. sorts. They haven't happened to OU necessarily, but I can understand OU's why untouchable. Missouri is. Missouri is in that, that awful limbo of being where – they're really good some years, and then some years they're really bad. So they're in this like weird middle ground where they're not really untouchable. Like they don't make the NCAA a ton of money. No. So the, so here you we can are. Do what you want with them? Yeah. 
they basically. they are the statement. The, yeah. If you continue doing this, you'll if you're the like NCA, you, mm-hmm. if you're the NCAA, you hope you get cases like Mizzou so that you can like actually enforce things. Yeah. Because where we have like Ohio State and all that mishap, yeah. like they, of course, didn't do anything. But now we've got Missouri, who is now no longer bowl eligible. So yeah. For and, how many years are they not bowl eligible, Ross? Two. That's a good question. Two. Two. Question mark? Yeah, so even the players after Bryant can't can't go the postseason. That's crazy. But it does make me question the NCAA because I heard it on the radio this morning that they sold their souls to the devil, but yet that NC State player last week rolled up to training camp in a Rolls Royce, yep. and nothing has come out from NC State. So that makes me question it a little. A, well, they have a one year NCAA a little bit a one year bowl ban, but mm. they've also received bans in. Baseball and softball. Oh, not baseball. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's just a weird situation. It was a rogue tutor that ended up telling on the players to the NCAA and just was not good. It was not good. She's no longer with the university. As she shouldn't be. Yeah. And the players that she helped cheat for are also no longer with the university. So all those guys graduated, either graduated or had been kicked off the team already. Mm. So now you have this fresh group of guys who are getting punished for something that happened four years ago. Yeah, that's not fair. No. There there are some things like that that happened where I'm just like, really? Like, those guys that did that aren't even going to be there for the next couple of years. But, like, I guess I, I don't know. I don't know. Um. Uh, poor Mello cannot catch a break. I know that's random, but Carmelo Anthony, something happened to him. Something happened to him. Not when he was a child. Maybe something happened to him when he was a child. But something happened to him in his in his in his career as a, in a NBA basketball player. He is just not the same that I remember. I remember as a child playing NBA Live and. Thinking, if I have Carmelo Anthony on my team, or yeah, if I have Carmelo Anthony on my team, I'm probably gonna win this game. Yep. Um, now, this man is not even allowed to be like trying out for the Team USA team. And we talked about this last pod. This Team USA team is a bunch of like it's a rec league basically. It's the NBA rec league. Uh, the best player on the team is Kimball Walker, who is still an All Star, but uh, yeah, Kimball Walker, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. It's literally the Boston Celtics team. Yeah, literally. Four players from the Boston Celtics. Four. That could easily all four start, maybe. Yeah. How – do you think that Carmelo deserved to get a tryout for Team USA? Do you think he did? I mean, Olympic Melo is one of his alter egos. I, yeah. Do you remember what he did in the 2016 Rio Olympics? I'm pretty sure it was 2016. You might Wasn't either, it? yeah. Remind me because he, I'm not thinking of it. He went off in the Olympics, um, and just it was right before, um, yeah. I think he, he it was right before the hoodie mellow thing, and everybody uh, was like, "Oh, this is the resurgence of mellow." But um, the resurgence did not last long. Did not last a long no. time. I'm looking here. My thing is, is I just think it needs to stop. I, I, I like it's not working. It's not working, dude. We need to we need to just cut it off. So here's just some like some stats about Melo's Olympic career. So he's the first four-time men's Olympian, okay, um, four-time men's medalist, and the first men's player to win three Olympic gold medals. Melo, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. Um, he ranks first in U.S. Olympic men's career games played at 31, career game or career points at 336. He basically ranks first in all major categories on hmm. the Olympic U.S. men's okay. record book. Here's my thing. I think because that team is not like a star-studded team. It's not anything like we've seen in the past teams be. I think that he should get a chance to be on the team. I think that like he's just done enough for USA basketball to to be on it. Whether or not he deserves to, if he's a good enough player to be on it, I don't really care. He can ride the bench, but he deserves to get a shot. I mean, he's warranted that, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. 
for him not to even get a tryout. I agree. I, I I get that he's not been on the team, but at least give the man a tryout. But could could Greg Park Greg Popovich be trying to do something with this team USA? Like, could he be trying to take these, you know, twos or threes guys, you know, that come off the bench? Could he be trying to take them and basically coach them like a college team and actually run plays and do stuff? And he thinks Melo could just be trying to do mellow things and just take guys one-on-one instead of playing as a team? That is a good point. Could it be like a toxic thing where he doesn't want Melo to go in there and just like basically ruin his entire game plan? Like That makes sense, actually. I could see that. I could see that being a real thing, yeah. Because a lot of these guys are young. I mean, I mean, you got... I mean, you got Chris Millington, Kyle Lowry. I mean, you got you got guys that are a lot younger that are on this team. Like it's a like he's like he's giving Trey Young a, a tryout. So I mean, he's just trying to take younger guys and maybe do something with them. Yeah, uh, I know. Um, I think that's a good point. I think, and the, back to what I said earlier, I think he should just probably. Hang up the hang up the shoes. Hang up the shoes. Hang up the headband. Go do you. Go do whatever you want to do. Like, because at this point, it's just getting worse. His legacy is just getting worse. We're remembering him for all of these failures, like with OKC and the Rockets, instead of the mellow that we came to love in Denver and in a little bit in New York. The first of, few years in New York. Yeah, kind of came to a screeching halt. Uh, in New York, as all things do, with and the those four Olympic gold medals too. I mean, those are great, yeah, yeah, yeah. great things. But no one's talking about them because they're just talking about how he didn't get the tryout, but yet he won four previous gold medals. Yeah. Um, he he's kind of, I think he's got an attitude problem. I think he's got an attitude problem. He he thinks a little bit too highly of himself, and maybe he, maybe he thinks he's better than what he is right now. I, I don't I don't know, but speaking of of attitude issues, there was a there was a man, not only a man but a professional baseball player, that attacked, not really attacked. He wanted to fight his manager. Um, he had to be held down by three teammates. Three teammates had to hold him back from coming at his coach, spitting on him, trying to throw a punch, push him, do something. But three teammates had to hold him back. Because he had anger issues. Yeah. Well, I, was something did something start it like, or was he just picking someone to like go after? I I don't even know. I didn't watch that game. I have no idea what happened. But essentially, what happened is manager said you struck out too many times. I'm going to put in a pinch hitter for you. You're not going to go up to bat this time. Oh, Which, boy. if you're a team player, you're like, yeah, all right, coach. Like, put someone in for me. Let them go see if they can do something because we're struggling to score runs as the Orioles always have been this season, which they ended up losing that game 14-2 to to the Yankees, rightfully so. So when the manager said, I'm putting someone else in for you, this player who's, whose name is Chris Davis was batting 182, decided to try and fight his manager over that decision instead of being a team player he had to have players on his team hold him back. Sounds a lot like the mindset of the St. Louis Cardinals. Mm, um, it does. You know, stuck in mediocrity, and when faced with the challenge and probing of needing to get some better players in there. They or- changed their freaking logo. That's what I, I'm being completely serious. They, like, revealed the new logo change. When did they do that? Yesterday. And people what are like, it? it's they literally changed one thing on oh, the T. That's so they changed stupid. the T just a little bit um, to give it a more softer edge. And it reflects how they play. <laughs> Very soft. Very soft. <laughs> um, so, you know, when faced with making actual change and making a fake change, they make fake changes. <laughs> Going so, back to this Chris Davis thing, though, man... He's just he's fallen so far from glory. Not that he's ever been that great. I thought he was a good. I had always he heard had, that he was he a good had player, a couple though. good. He had a couple really good seasons actually. Um, he had a season where he had fifty three home runs and drove in one hundred and thirty eight, mm-hmm. batted close to three hundred. But man, he's just 
Didn't he start the season 0 for 30-something, Ross? Uh, 0 for 30-something, yeah. Let me... Oh, that was that guy. Yeah. Uh, he just could not. That. Oh, it was, uh, apparently it was 0 for 54. Oh, oh, so we were 20 oh, off. We no. Were, yeah. 0 for 54. What does yeah. that do to your self-confidence? It like, diminishes it drastically. <laughs> like, without a doubt. I don't even think I'd be able to pick up a bat. Oh. No. I, I would mean, be afraid to go out there. I know for a fact this man's probably having dreams. Mm-hmm. Like, he's having baseball dreams where he literally cannot hit a thing. Because that is what's going on in his everyday life. Not to mention the Orioles signed him for millions upon millions of dollars. And then he starts the season 0 for 54. And not only does his self-confidence issues diminish, but whoever decided to give him that con- that contract, their self-confidence and what they are asked to do by the Baltimore Orioles also diminishes. Because if you sign a guy who's now batting 182, started the season 0 for 54, and yet still has him in the major leagues, and then decide him to send him to AAA for someone who could probably actually, you know, swing the bat and hit the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so to wrap it up, like we began the podcast, we are ending the podcast talking about Antonio Brown. Now, the man is an enigma. As, as is the entire Raiders organization, because I remember when we were watching Hard Knocks, they're like, this, this football franchise is built on a legacy, and, and we are known for, for success. And I'm like, no, you're not. I mean, maybe way like, back way when, in the 80s. Like, right now, I don't think of the Oakland Raiders as like a super like team that I need to be worried about. Um, and speaking of way back when, we have some tweets from uh, Antonio Brown that kind of shed light on his current situation. So in 2012, Antonio Brown tweeted, when you cry about one thing, you end up crying about everything else that is wrong. Hmm. Interesting words. <laughs> Very telling. <laughs> and then you cover it up with spray paint. And then <laughs> spray paint fixes all. You get a bunch of paint, get a bunch of Sherwin-Williams to cover that up. <laughs> Nothing like a good old Sherwin-Williams rubdown that won't just fix anything. Uh, I can't wait for the next Hard Knocks. Be on the lookout for the next uh, Street Smart Sports pod. Uh, What did I just say? (laughs) Street Smart Smarts? (laughs) I'm leaving it in. If you guys stood this long, then you're you're true Street Smarters. Uh, But anyway, we've loved having uh, our first guest ever. Ben Patterson. I with love us. being here. Woo! You guys are awesome. You know, it is like I said earlier, legends grow together and um, I suspect Ben will be making more appearances on the uh, on the pod. So I will truly be blessed to be in the presence of such legends again. <laughs> Cannot wait. Uh, well, we're, our doors are open anytime. So that's it for us. Um, leave us a review. Uh, tell us about Tell, talk to us about your friends. You know, we want to get the word out. We we want as many people to be as street smart about sports as we could possibly get to. So, Ross, final thoughts. Closing remarks. Closing remarks. Closing remarks. Thank you for listening to the Street Smart Sports Podcast. Uh, Zach Stevens, Ben Patterson, and Ross Blythe, myself. Um, we thank you guys for listening and sticking along um, for this podcast, again, um, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, leave us a review, leave us a five-star review, and if you leave a review, we might read it on the show. Um, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Street Smart Sports Podcast.